Welcome to Living Free Today, a ministry of Cornerstone Fellowship in San Lorenzo, California. These podcasts are the weekly sermons of Dr. Michael L. Wilson. Please open your Bibles to the Gospel of John. Gospel of John starting in chapter 14. When we talk about Advent, we talk about the birth of Jesus Christ so long ago. And we celebrate four aspects of the birth of Christ. We celebrate hope. We say Jesus brought hope. We say Jesus brought peace, he brought joy, and he brought love. And those are the four Advent Sundays of Christmas. And today we get a bonus of having Christmas on a Sunday. And so when we look at peace, we can look at John 14, 27 for a view of that. Jesus says, peace I live you, leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives you, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And this is the foundational thought of Jesus saying that he gives peace. It is a different type of peace. It is not the world's peace. It is not a manufactured peace. It comes from God himself. And if you look at the world today... You look at the difficulties we have, it's very easy to see that if you do not have any understanding of what Jesus has done or what God has done for peace, and you go out and you try to find peace in the world, you may get a little bit of calmness, but the peace will not last. Whatever the world is promising is temporary. Whatever the world is promising is a false peace. And there are people who are seeking everything they can to get peace and solace and, I guess, a calmness in their spirit from the world. And it works for a little while, but then falls apart. And a lot of the Abuses that are going on in the world today are people who are trying to find peace from the difficulties that are going on inside them. And when we look at the peace of the world, uh, I was listening to a, to a news commentary many years ago and they said the whole peace process in the Middle East is commonly known as war. There is difficulties and there are wars and there are countries invading countries and there is famine and there is difficulty throughout the world. And if we look at the world, there certainly is no world peace and there certainly is no local peace. There is no peace that the world gives. The way the world looks at it is like Jeremiah wrote. Jeremiah wrote, They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, Peace, peace. When there is no peace, we are offered peace, and the word peace is thrown around, 
but it, there's no lasting value there. And this verse, this understanding of people saying peace, peace when there is no peace is actually twice in the book of Jeremiah and once in the book of Ezekiel. God wants to make it clear that we understand that when a fast-talking, charismatic person gets up there and says, peace, peace, there will be no peace if there is no understanding of who God is and who we are. The, the basis of peace in Scripture, and we call peace a theme in Scripture. When I was in seminary, we had to figure out the major themes of Scripture, and you have something like peace is in every book of the Bible. In some books, it is in every chapter of that book. It is said so often that we say peace is a theme, and you can start back in Genesis and trace the development of peace and what is clear throughout the history of the Bible from the beginning of time to the present is that there are people who will use peace as a slogan. There are people who will use peace as an advertising marketing slogan. But when you follow them, you find out that there is nothing but lies and abuse and difficulties. And that is what the world offers and calls it peace. And so when we look at peace in the Bible, we see that there are three aspects of peace, three views of peace that are found in the Bible. And the first, when you are a follower of Christ, you have peace with God. The second is you have peace with one another who are in the family of God. And third, you actually have Peace with yourself. And those are the three levels of peace that are given to us, that are given to us by Christ, that are not as the world gives us. And we shall look at them today. If you look at the world that Jesus was born in, he was born in a world where the Romans had an iron fist control of the civilized world. And they had something called Pax Romana. You may have heard that before. It means the peace of Rome. What is the peace of Rome? Well, the peace of Rome is if you step out of line, they crucify you. So other people look at that and say, I don't want to be crucified. And you have a very peaceful community. You have a very peaceful country. And so in Jerusalem, where Jesus was, you had, a, you had soldiers walking down the street letting you know you step out of line and they're going to punish you. And so you have a peace that is brought about by fear. While over here, the Romans are invading countries and slaughtering people and taking wealth from other countries. But yet over here, they say, we have brought peace, but it is a peace out of fear. And so when we look at the peace that Christ brought, we have peace with God. The teaching of the Bible that is everywhere in the New Testament and a lot of places in the Old Testament is that God has 
a, a set of rules. We'll call them the Ten Commandments. God brought the Ten Commandments, gave them to Moses. Moses brings them down, breaks them, goes, gets another copy, comes down, and he teaches them to the people. And the people, if you read through Exodus, with one voice they say, yes, we're going to do it. They think it's a great idea, ten little rules, and they can do it. But as time goes by, a matter of weeks actually, they begin to say, well, I want to be selfish, or I want to do things my way, or God's a killjoy, or the various things that they throw at God. And from the very beginning, as soon as God gives a law, in fact, you go back to Adam and Eve, hundreds of trees in the garden, all sorts of trees in the garden, God says, eat all those, don't eat of that one. One tree in the garden. All the other ones are good, all of the hundreds. Great. I mean, you look at the various fruit trees that are out there in the world today. They were there. Lots of things to eat. But don't eat of this one. And, of course, they make a beeline to that one because it is in our nature, it seems, it is in our desires that when God says go left, we go right. When God says go up, we go down. When God says this way, we go that way. Whatever God says, we look at it and say, that's not fun, and we do whatever we want. That is, in a word, treason against our king. We have a king. Our king is God. He created us. Because he created us, he is allowed to tell us how to live. Okay, That is built into the system. If you build something... You can figure, you know, make it do things. God made you. He tells you how to live. The instructions on how to live in this life that God has given. And when we say, I don't want it, that is rebellion against our king. That is breaking the law. That is uh, cosmic treason, as one pastor said. It is taking God and putting myself on the throne and knocking God off of the throne of my life. And that puts you, the Bible says, in a state of enmity, is what the King James says. In English, that is war. We are at war with God. Okay, Our natural state, apart from Christ, is at war with God. Everybody out there who does not believe in God, who is not going to church today, is at war with God. Okay. Now, in my witness encounters with people, I have, from time to time, explained how they are at war with God, and they think it's the silliest thing in the world. How can they be at war with somebody who doesn't exist? I had one person say, but God does exist. And the fact that you are saying he does not exist is an act of war. It is an act of putting your, your own law instead of God's. And so you are in a state of war with God without Jesus Christ. And if you go your whole life in a state of war with God and you die without fixing that, how do you think God is going to respond how do you think God is going to judge you when you have lived your whole life at war with him? 
And that is the division between heaven and hell. That is the division between eternity with God and eternity apart from God. And so what did Christ do on the cross? Well, the way God fixes the sinful state in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, when he sets up the system, is I sin, and because I sin, somebody, something has to die. Blood has to be shed. And so goats and sheep and pigeons and oxen and these are sacrificed for the sins of the people. And as blood is shed by the animals, God looks at that. It's called a sweet aroma. He accepts it and he forgives our sin. But we keep sinning, so we have to keep sacrificing animals. And we keep sinning, so they have to keep sacrificing animals. Then Christ came, lived a perfect life, no blemish, no sin. Offered himself as a sacrifice on the cross. His blood was accepted by God to cover your sin. Past, present, and future. You only have to crucify Christ once because his sacrifice was so profound, infinite, and complete that if we accept Jesus Christ and his blood is put on us, we gain forgiveness of sins, we gain redemption, we're bought back from the powers of darkness. We are, um, Christ is our propitiation. God's wrath is stopped against us. And we are adopted. We are now sons and daughters of God in the kingdom of God. And when God looks at you, he sees the righteousness of Christ and he's no longer mad at you. He's no longer has any wrath. He loves you more than you can say. And so when we look at a, a person who denies God, they are under the wrath of God. They are under a curse of God. When we look at the people who believe in Jesus Christ, who accept the blood, who repent of their sins, they are now under the blessings of God. If you look at the book of Deuteronomy around 24, 26, 28, it talks about a, a quid pro quo sort of thing, a, uh, a cursing and blessing. You obey, you get blessing. You disobey, you get cursing. That was the old system. The new system under Christ you get blessing. You sin, you get blessing. You mess up, you get blessing. Blessing, 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 blessing. Why? Because God the Father put all of his wrath on Christ. There's none left for you. And so when you become a Christian, you gain the Holy Spirit, you gain adoption, you are now in the family of God. There's a song that we sing. I'm so glad I'm part of the family of God. That is right out of the Bible. Okay? We are in the family of God. And God is no longer mad. We are no longer in a state of war with God. We are now in a state of peace with God. All hostilities have stopped with God. And so you, in your life, as you're trying to make things work, 
And I've talked to unsaved people and how their, how their lives just don't seem to work, how they can't really get things going, that even though they make a lot of money, still doesn't feel right, even though they you know, have a great family, it still doesn't feel right. Why? Because they're at war with God. They're at war with their Creator. Once you're a Christian, you are no longer at war with your Creator. You are at peace with your Creator. The first type of peace that Christ brought is peace with God. The second type of peace that Christ brought is peace with one another. Now, it doesn't mean that you have peace with everybody in the earth, but you look around. This is a new community. This is a new family. Christ invented a new place, a new community, a new family called church. What is church? It is a collection of believers. And you look around and we say, it's a bunch of nice people here. It's a bunch of good people here. We can talk, we can share, we can pray for one another. This is a place of peace. And some people that I've talked to say the main reason they go to church, it's the only time of peace they have during the week. That their work is so hectic, their family is so hectic. They come to church and it's peaceful with peaceful people. The world tries to build this sort of thing in fandom or at work or things like that, and it will always fall apart. But if you have a group of true believers who come together for true worship of God, it will be a time of peace. And for the time you're here, you can leave the world out there and you can experience peace for just a little while. And the plan is you experience peace and you take it and it lasts a little longer than this time. But if it doesn't, you can always come back next week and get peace and understand the peace and be peaceful with people. And if you look at Mark 9.50, for example, Jesus is talking and he says, Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will it make it salty again? Have salt in yourself and be at peace with one another. Nine different times in the Gospels, Jesus himself says, you are to be at peace with other believers. You are to be at peace. He doesn't say Christians, but you're to be at peace with other Christians. That if you meet another Christian, you are to be at peace with them. And the best chance of finding other Christians is coming to church. And so that's why I should say Christians should be in church because you get experiences of peace primarily that you get nowhere else. And the last type of peace you get is peace with yourself. We live in a country, we live in a world where they've, they've done polls and they've done interviews and especially today because of the political chaos and the division, there is a feeling of 
angst. There is a feeling, some people say dread. There is a feeling that things are not, are not working out right. And a lot of people who are interviewed are willing to say uh, the country's not going in the right direction, but then they say, what is the right direction? And they go, I don't know. I just have a feeling that things are not going right. And I think when you have so much division and disagreement, and it is politically based, po politics not being from God, politics being invented by humans to gain and use power, primarily is the purpose of politics. And if you, if you put that into everything, then you're living a life where you don't know who to please, you don't know where you belong, you don't know what to say. And so people internalize that and they think it's them. I've heard many people say, well, something's wrong with me. And so they, they drink or they take drugs or they sleep around or they do all manner of things. Some people get involved in in academics, some people get involved in, in a lot of work. Some people, you know, they do whatever they can to find meaning and purpose because God's not in there. And if God's not in their life, finding meaning and purpose ain't going to happen. It's just going to, yeah, you'll try and try and try. And so if I believe in God, I have peace with God, I've got that taken care of. I now know who God is, I know who I am, and i got peace with God. I'm involved in a church, I have peace with other people. There are people that I trust, there are people that I, I, I can communicate with. And I have peace with myself. Now, what's the first step in having peace with yourself? Well, I understand who God is, and, and I got this Bible. And I look at this Bible, and this Bible not only tells me who God is, this Bible not only tells me what church is, this Bible tells me who I am. And it's true. Everything in there about God is true. Everything in there about me is true. So I read, who am I? And the Bible is very clear who you are. Who you are over thousands of years of experience. That all these stories are to explain who you are. And at the end of the story, God loves you. God loves you more than you can know. And the story of who I am is a pretty despicable story until I get to Jesus Christ. Because even though I'm depraved and wicked and self-centered, Christ died for me. And if I repent of my sins and join the victory as we sing, if I get involved, if I believe in the cross and in Jesus Christ and I hand my life over to Him, then I am a what? Well, in Galatians it says... You're a new creation. The old has gone, all that stuff you didn't like, and the new has come. The new what? The new creation in Christ. And that story is in the Bible too of who I am now in Christ and what it means and how I can grow and how I can live for Him 
and not for myself the idea that I can be a person who gets up every morning and I can realistically look at myself. I'm not perfect, okay? I got aches and pains. Somehow I slept crooked the other night and my back hurts. So I wake up in the morning and my back hurts, okay? And so I'm a little grumpy in the morning, perhaps. But I can step beyond that and say, even though these things are going on, health issues, finance issues, sleep issues, whatever issues I have, I can look at all that and say, aha, but God loves me, Christ died for me, the Bible calls me the apple of God's eye. Okay? We talk about, that's in rom-coms, you know, on the Hallmark Channel, when, you know, the rough and tumble guy meets the rich girl and whatever, and, and he says, you're the apple of my eye. It means that you're, I only see good things when I look at you, that God thinks of me and smiles every single day, no matter what I'm feeling, no matter what mood I'm in, no matter what I'm doing, God looks at me and says, way to go, right on, yay. Okay? Because, why? Because of the work of Jesus Christ. Now, God's not lying to himself, but it's an actual system, that is a legal system that has been set up for God to love you more than you can, I mean, God doesn't sleep, but let's pretend God gets up in the morning. God gets up in the morning, and his first thought is how much he loves you. And so if we take our relationship with God, our relationship with one another, and believe all this about myself, then no matter what is going on, no matter what is happening, no matter what situation I'm in, I can have peace because the stuff that really matters is all taken care of. The stuff that is eternal and will last forever is all taken care of. And so when I have that and I focus on that and I put my eyes on that and I get into God's word to confirm all these things, I will have peace. I will wake up in the morning and after I've had my morning coffee, I'll be at peace. I will be able to go through the day and sure, I'm, I'm buffeted this way and that way. I'm, you know, disagreeing with this and that and the other. But when I slow down, I'm at peace because none of this stuff that the world is throwing at me has eternal consequences. Everything that Christ did works for and brings you into eternity where you will have peace in God's presence and in the presence of all these people. Yeah, look around. These people are going to be with you forever, okay? And we'll be at peace with them and we'll be at peace with ourselves forever and ever and ever. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, I praise your name that you have brought us peace. 
I praise your name that you have brought us to the place where we can have peace with everything, where we can be at peace in our minds, in our spirits, in our souls, and we can have peace with you. And if we have peace with you, we can have peace with everything. Lord, we praise you for that. And as your blessing on the remainder of the day, we ask this through the blood of Christ. Amen. Will the servers come forward for communion? We celebrate communion because Jesus has commanded to us to do this and to remember him. We celebrate open communion, which means if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you can participate. We do not require you to be a member of the church. And as an aside, we have gluten-free communion wafers. So if that's an issue, I saw those and I got them. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, we thank you that you have given your body, you have given your blood so that we may have eternal life. I pray that we would keep this truth throughout the Christmas season. We praise you, Lord, for all that you have done. Amen. Cornerstone Fellowship is located at 180 Llewellyn Boulevard, San Lorenzo, California. Our Sunday morning service is at 1045 a.m. Our website is livingfreetoday.org and our phone number is 510-278-2622. May God continue to bless you as you serve your King. God bless.